Hello and welcome to another episode of The Voice of Alignment. My name is Sheon Lukikiola and it is always a great pleasure to share with you from the living word of God on this platform. Now, this is the Voice of Alignment podcast and what we do here on this podcast is to teach the word of God. Now, I trust that you've had an amazing week thus far and if you're listening to me in the morning, I trust that you have a great day that is lined up ahead of you. Or if you're listening to me in the afternoon or in the evening, I trust that you've had an amazing day thus far. Now, in this episode, uh, we're going to be continuing on our series on spiritual battles. Over the past couple of episodes, we have been looking at the nuggets for winning spiritual battles. Now, this is part seven of this series. And so far, since the inception uh, of this podcast, this happens to be the longest teaching series uh, that we've had on this podcast. I believe this is so because this is one area where the Lord wants to build our knowledge on uh, in order to help us to live a victorious Christian life. You see, in Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 4 and in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says that uh, God's people, it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, So you see, uh, yes, we have that guarantee of victory in Christ as we've been looking at uh, in the past six episodes. Uh, Yes, we have that guarantee of victory in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 the Bible says but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ in another passage of the Bible 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 the Bible says that for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith these are the kind of assurances that we have uh, but one thing that can rob us of this assurance of victory is ignorance and this is why we have been spending um, so much time on this subject Uh, one of the things that we need to recognize is that the enemy that we fight is a ruthless enemy the ruthlessness of the enemy is expressed both in his ways and in his goals in the book of first peter chapter 5 verse 4 the bible says your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour in john chapter 10 verse 10 speaking of the devil jesus said the thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy that shows you the ruthlessness of the enemy in his goal a believer can face a spiritual battle in any area of his or her life it could be a battle over one's finance or livelihood it could be a battle over one's health it could be a battle over one's soul or even over one's salvations irrespective of where the enemy fights from a believer must have the knowledge and the wisdom required to fight and enforce the victory he has in Christ. That knowledge is key. The message of prosperity or the prosperity gospel is very good but if that is the only knowledge that you have uh, built your faith on or that you have built your entire Christian life on then I wonder how you will contend 
with the enemies of your prosperity because for every door the lord opens there are many adversaries in the book of first corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 first corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 the bible says for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries so in addition to your knowledge of the word of god on prosperity you must add the knowledge of the word of god concerning victory in spiritual battles and this is what we have been doing over the past six episodes of this podcast where we have been looking at various nuggets for winning spiritual battles now time will not allow me to uh, recap or to repeat what we have looked at in the past six episodes which is now a combination of over three hours of teaching on this subject so if you have missed the past episodes uh, that we've done on this subject or, or, or in this series um, I would like to encourage you to ensure that you download and listen to them. Simply visit our website www.voiceofalignment.com forward slash podcast and search for part one to six of this series. It's titled Nuggets for Winning Spiritual Battles. You'll see them there, part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, and part six. You can listen to them online or you can download uh, the audio files or the mp3 of those series or of those episodes you can download them on your device and then listen to them at your free time now in the last episode we talked about speaking or utterance um, as a fundamental strategy or requirement for winning spiritual battles now i've been calling these strategies but i think i've i've, I've now found a better word as i was you know preparing for this uh for this episode, uh, I, I found that okay, maybe requirement. I think requirement is a better word. So the first, uh, what we called the first strategy, which uh, we refer to as divine wisdom, uh, we can say it's a requirement. So it's a fundamental requirement. So the first fundamental requirement which we've looked at is divine wisdom, and the second fundamental requirement. So instead of calling it strategies now, we're calling it requirements, and that's what we'll be calling it. Uh, for the next couple of episodes that we were still going to be on this so the second requirement uh, that we looked at which we started looking at in the last episode is speaking which is also which you can also refer to as utterance so we looked at three important reasons why utterances are so critical in winning spiritual battles the first being uh, the fact that the spiritual realm response to utterances the second being the fact that the spiritual realm is a legalistic realm and the third being the fact that utterances are the vehicle for exercising spiritual authority we highlighted the fact that speaking or utterances are like your hands and feet in the realm of the spirit in other words it is by utterances things are moved or shifted or turned around or made to happen in the realm of the spirit so a lack of utterance eventually incapacitates you in the spiritual realm we saw that when the enemy attacks or is about to attack one of the things he will try to do is to either make you too weak to make utterances or make you too afraid to make 
utterances. So now, continuing from where we stopped in the last episode, still on utterances, it is important to recognize that there are different kinds of utterances. The kind of utterance you engage will largely depend on who you are making that utterance to. You cannot use the same kind of utterance you use when you are speaking to a situation uh, for instances when you are speaking to God. So understanding the audience of your utterance is very critical to understanding not only the kind of utterance to engage per time but also what to expect from the utterances that you make so uh this may sound a bit uh this may sound a bit uh, confusing or you may not understand this now but by the time we're done with this episode i trust me you're going to understand this much 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 more better so let's go into the big question for this episode uh when i make an utterance in a spiritual battle uh who is my audience who am i speaking to when I'm in a spiritual battle and I lift my voice to speak, who is acting based on what I say? Now, there are five audiences that we're going to be looking at um, when it comes to utterances. I don't know if we'll be able to cover all these five, but we'll cover maybe we'll cover about three of them so that we can touch on each one um, as with as much detail as we can and then we'll cover the remaining two uh, in the next episode. Now, I don't just want to rush over this because I'm not in a hurry. The Lord is not in a hurry for us to just breeze over this. This is not... uh, When you go to church and you have a sermon, uh, the sermon is time span. So the the pastor or the preacher or whoever is teaching has one hour and then they have to cramp all that... uh, all everything they have to say they cramp it within one hour so there are a lot of things that may be left out some things that are supposed to be taught in details are just summarized because of the time limit but then this is a podcast where uh we can keep on discussing yeah we we have i try to keep it at about 30 minutes but then if we're not able to cover uh what we need to cover within that time we just keep on doing more series on it so we'll look at three of these um audiences in this episode and then we'll cover the remaining two um in the next episode so the first audience that we're going to be looking at the first audience of an utterance is god and when we talk about speaking to god or making utterances to god it is important that we understand that we make those utterances we speak to god through prayer in Psalms chapter 18 from verse 3 to 6, Psalms chapter 18 from verse 3 to 6, the Bible says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Verse 4 goes on to say, The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me verse 6 goes on to say in my distress i called upon the lord and cried unto god he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears now what you see here is a cry to god in prayer if you listen to the last episode you will recall that i shared about how i was under an attack on a particular night and it was a prayerful cry to God for mercy that delivered me 
that night. In the book of Psalms, chapter 3, from verse 1 to 4, when you read Psalms, chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, let's read it. Psalms, chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Verse 3 goes on to say, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head verse 4 says i cried unto the lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill in the last episode one of the things we said is that utterance which in this case is a cry to god is something that god responds to particularly when it is channeled through prayer and in the new testament under the new covenant we pray to god in the name of jesus in the book of john chapter 14 verse 6 john chapter 14 verse 6 jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me in the same chapter when you read further down to verse 13 and verse 14 john chapter 14 verse 13 and verse 14 the bible says and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that i will do that the father may be glorified in the son verse 14 says if you shall ask anything in my name i will do it now what jesus christ is saying here is that when we pray to god the father in his name he himself will answer so that god the father will take the glory this is why we pray in the name of jesus now let's break this down for instance if you go to my biological father now my biological father is late and um, unfortunately I, I happen to i i didn't have a relationship with my biological father because life just happened and you know that's maybe that's a story for another day but i didn't get to have a relationship with him but let's assume you know i, I had a relationship with my biological father and you know we had that closeness and uh, you come to my father and you ask him uh, for something and then I give that thing that you've asked my father I give it to you it is my father that you will go and you will thank you will go about celebrating my father because you got what you wanted by asking him even though I his son was the one that delivered it this is the mechanism that Jesus put in place to bring glory to the Father. Remember that in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It was God that gave it to him and in return, he gives glory to God using that same authority to answer the prayer of those who cry to God in prayer. When you pray to God without praying in Jesus' name, what you are doing is that you are either equating yourself to Jesus because it is only Jesus that prayed that way in the New Testament and got results. So it's either you're trying to equate yourself to Jesus or you are aligning with the old covenant which is now outdated. What am I trying to say here? In the midst of a spiritual battle, when you cry to God in the name of Jesus, 
whether it is a cry for help or whether it's a cry for mercy it is jesus that shows up for you the same jesus who spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them as we see in colossians chapter 2 verse 15 that same jesus is the one that shows up for the help that you need for the deliverance that you need when you cry to god and when he shows up he shows up for deliverance and he shows up for vengeance because in romans chapter 12 verse 19 the bible says beloved do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord when you read the amplified bible that same passage romans chapter 12 verse 19 that same passage says beloved never avenge yourselves but leave way open for god's wrath and his judicial righteousness for it is written in scripture vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord so when you cry to god for help in a spiritual battle in the name of jesus you are not only securing the help or deliverance that you need but you are also leaving the way open for the lord's vengeance as you cry to god for help and deliverance in that battle whatever it is that you're going through in the name of jesus the lord jesus christ himself will show up not only with help and deliverance but also with vengeance for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Another way we make utterances to God is by declaring the word of God. And that is because nothing commits God to acting like his word. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, the passage there makes us understand that God watches over his word to perform it. God is so mindful of the integrity of his word, so much so that he honors his word above all his names. You can see this in the book of Psalms chapter 138 verse 2. Friends, when you pray to God or cry to him, in the name of Jesus, it is Jesus that responds as we have seen from that passage in John chapter 14 from verse 13 to 14. But when you declare the word of God over that battle, it is God the Father himself that you are committing to action. Now let's look at the second audience. The second audience of an utterance is what we can call the heavenly host or angels. Now however, before i say anything about angels it is important that i mention clearly here that even though angels can be an audience we do not speak to them or pray to them or even command them now this may sound um somehow uh, how can an angel or how can angels be uh my audience when i'm not speaking to them or when i'm not giving them instructions so this may sound somehow but um i will explain this and this will be a bit more clear um very soon now the first thing you need to note about angels is that angels are primarily messengers of god angels are created to serve god that's the innate nature that they are created with psalms chapter 103 verse 20 psalms chapter 103 verse 20 the bible says bless the lord you his angels who excel in strength 
who do his word heeding the voice of his word now if you want to understand how to engage angels the scripture this scripture we've just read psalm chapter 103 verse 20 this scripture is very 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 critical but let's hold it on one hand for a moment now if you listened to part three of this series we've been looking at um, on spiritual battles if you listen to part three which is episode 31 one of the things that i stressed in that episode was the fact that the presence of the holy spirit in us qualifies us for backing and i also stressed the fact that we are not alone and part of the company that we have are angels in second kings chapter 19 verse 35 second kings chapter 19 verse 35 we see how one angel killed 185,000 soldiers in second kings chapter 6 from verse 13 to 17 second kings chapter 6 from verse 13 to 17 we see another account of uh, where an army was sent to capture elisha now elisha's servant was afraid he did not see uh, a way out because it was uh, it was like uh, elisha against uh, the army it was the army versus elisha but in verse 16 and verse 17 elisha responded to his servants and it says when you read uh, that passage first kings oh sorry second kings chapter 6 uh, verse 16 and verse 17 the bible says and he answered fear not now this is elisha answering his servant when his servant expressed fear and concern about the situation that they were in verse 16 says and he answered fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them verse 17 goes on to say and elisha prayed and said lord i pray thee open his eyes that he may see and the lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about elisha so we have angels as our company but then there are only two ways those angels will respond to our utterance the first is when we demand an action from god now Elijah had the host of angels with him. He said, They that be with us are more than they that are against us. For him to have used the word they, it means Elijah saw spirit beings on horses and chariots of fire. When the Lord opened the eyes of his servant, according to the prayer in verse 17, the servant only saw part of what Elijah was seeing. He only saw horses and chariots of fire. He did not see the angelic force that was mounted on those horses and chariots of fire. But you see, despite the host of heaven that surrounded Elisha, he did not command them because it was not in the place of Elisha to command those angels or to command the host of heaven. Despite the fierce angels at the disposal of Elisha, instead of commanding them, he prayed to God with a specific request on what he wanted to happen to the army that came to attack him. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 18 says, 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 18 says, And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed 
unto the Lord. That's the army when the army came down to Elisha. Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he, that is God, and God smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. So, in a spiritual battle, you can make specific prayers on what you want God to do and then his angels that are deployed to you will carry it out. Another way we put angels to work through our utterances is by declaring the word of God. In Psalms chapter 103 verse 20, Psalms chapter 103 verse 20, we've looked at this passage. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, I underlined that part that says, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. You see, friends, it is in the innate nature of angels to respond to the word of God. The same way there are sounds or voices that you will make that some animals uh, would automatically respond. That is the same way there is a voice that you will make and angels will respond. That voice is called the voice of his word. When you voice the word of God, you summon angels. Now, an example of this can be seen in an army. If you have ever stayed around soldiers, you will notice that there are sounds or their voices uh, that they respond to. Now, in an encampment of soldiers, one sound that puts them at attention is the sound of the beagle. Once they hear that sound, a beagle, they know what they need to do, you know, and they get it done. Another sound is the sound of the national anthem. It is a taboo for a soldier to be on duty and hear the national anthem and not be at attention. This is the same with angels. This is why our fathers and mothers, when they're faced with spiritual battles, many times you see a lot of them, those of them who are believers, who are who you know used to go to church and you know who were firm believers, you will see that when they were faced with battle, a lot of them use passages like Psalms a lot. I remember my grandmother, uh, she was a Baptist. Uh, she did not speak in tongues but when it was time for warfare prayer you will see her reading psalms psalms like psalm chapter 91 psalms chapter 40 psalms chapter 27 uh psalms chapter 18 psalms chapter 121 those those kind of psalms you would see her reading uh those psalms some of them she will memorize them and she will be reciting them it is through the declaration of the word of god that we command angels not by speaking to them or commanding them directly in Joshua chapter 5 from verse 13 to 15, Joshua chapter 5 from verse 13 to 15, we see a meeting between Joshua and the commander of the Lord's army. You see, that commander of the Lord's army is believed by theologians and by Bible scholars, is believed to be the pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. That pre-incarnate Jesus that appeared to Joshua is the word that then became flesh in the New Testament, who was then named Jesus, as we see in John chapter 1, verse 14. But then what you see in Joshua chapter 5, uh, from verse 13 to 15, is the word of God taking on flesh in the Old Testament and then appearing to Joshua and identifying himself as the commander of the Lord's army. So, even though that same word became flesh again 
in the New Testament and identified as Jesus. It does not change the fact that the word of God is still the commander of the Lord's army. So when you utter the word, what you are doing is that you are commanding angels. Psalms chapter 103 verse 20 is clear. It says, angels do his words and they heed to the voice of the word. So when you voice the word, angels respond. Whether you are black, whether you are white, whether you are brown or mixed, whether you are rich, whether you are poor, whether you are a prophet or whether you are a new convert, as long as the voice that is coming out of your mouth is carrying the word of God, you are commanding angels. And you see, that is one of the reasons why uh, when you go to meetings or when you go to church services or when you go to gatherings, you know, where the word of God, where uh, what the preacher or what the pastor or whoever is speaking, where what they are saying is what God is saying. You see that in some of those meetings, as the preacher is speaking and dishing out the word of God, things are happening. Miracles are happening. Healing is taking place. You know why? Because the angels are there to carry out the voice of the word of God. Now, the third audience of our utterance are situation and circumstances. Now, I'll quickly look at this and we'll call it a day for this episode. The Bible says, Thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. So, we can make declarations over circumstances. In Mark chapter 11 from verse 12 to 25, Mark chapter 11 from verse 12 to 25, we see where Jesus cursed a fig tree and it withered. Now, this is one passage that used to puzzle me a lot. Now, how can you expect a tree to produce uh, when it is not uh, in its season and then uh, it does not produce and uh, Jesus gets there and then curses uh, the tree? I used to like, like, Habba, what's going on here? Uh, Jesus, aren't you being unfair to this tree? Uh, you know, that was how I used to think. But then uh, I realized that seasons are a product of time and God, whether it's the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit, operates and exists outside the confines of time. In Psalms chapter 31 verse 15, Psalms chapter 31 verse 15, David said to God, My times are in your hands. You see, a music minister, Nathaniel Bassi, composed and released a song that starts by saying, you've got times and seasons in your hands. So God, whether it's the Father, whether it's the Son, whether it's the Holy Spirit, cannot be bound to a season because both time and seasons are in his hands. We are in times and seasons, but the times and seasons are in God's hands. So Jesus cursed the fig tree because it dishonored the one who had its season, the season of that tree. It dishonored the one who had its season in his hands. For Jesus to have expected fruit from that tree, it must be because in the template of heaven, that tree was to produce fruit outside its season so that Jesus would eat at that time. But then the tree failed to produce when Jesus Christ expected it and so it got a curse. But you see, the main point here is that Jesus was able to issue command to a tree 
and it responded to that command. In the last episode, we talked about how Jesus commanded the forces of nature and they obeyed. As believers, we can command situations and circumstances and they will align. In the new covenant we are operating, we make decrees over situations and circumstances in the name of of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 11 Philippians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 11 the Bible says therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, as long as that situation has a name, you can call it by name and make a decree over it in the name of the one whose name is above the name of that situation and that situation will obey. I repeat that. As long as that situation has a name, you can call it by its name and make a decree over that situation in the name of the one whose name is above the name of that situation and that situation will obey. As long as you are making a decree over a situation in the name of Jesus, that situation is bound to respond to you the way it will respond to Jesus. That is why you are using his name. That is why you are using the name of Jesus. When you use the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus sent you. So the situation is not responding to you. It is responding to the authority of Christ. Let's say you are a messenger of the president of the United States and then you come to your country. And then you go meet the president of your country because you are sent because you are a messenger um, of the president of the u.s the president of your country will respond to you as though he's responding to the president of the u.s that's the same way it works with situations when we make declarations at situations in the name of jesus but let me conclude by saying that there are two things that are very very important when we are making declarations or when we are making utterances to situations the first is faith in mark chapter 11 verse 23 jesus said truly i tell you if anyone says to this mountain go through yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them so faith is very critical when it comes to making declarations the second thing that is very important is consistency don't command a situation today and speak doubt tomorrow it's like breaking a rock with a hammer the first 10 strikes may not look like it's having an impact but those first 10 strikes would have started dislodging the internal fragments that are holding that rock together you hit it 10 more times and then you will see a small crack and then you hit it another 10 more times and then the rock gives way so in total it took 30 strikes but the first five strikes started the damage so if you hit 10 times and give up and walk away the problem is not the hammer the problem is with you that is the same with declarations now this brings me to the end 
um, of this episode. Now, we are still not done with utterances and the audience or our audiences when we come to utterances. In the next episode, uh, we will round up on utterances by looking at two more audiences and then discussing what I call an umbrella utterance. Now, you may be wondering what this umbrella utterance I'm talking about. You may be wondering what this is. Now, this umbrella utterance is one that can speak to all five audiences at once. I'm telling you that umbrella utterance that I'm referring to is a mystery. In fact, that umbrella utterance is a mystery among mysteries. Trust me, the next episode is an episode that is loaded and is an episode that you don't want to miss for anything. Now, this brings me to the end of this episode. I trust that you have been blessed by the things that you have heard um, in this episode. Do well to listen to this over and over again and also do well to share this with somebody and let somebody be also blessed by the things that you have learned in this episode if you are not subscribed to the platforms that we are on we are on facebook we're on instagram we're on spotify we're on all the major podcast apps whether it's google podcast we're on amazon music and so on and so forth search for us on this platform simply type voice of alignment search for us there follow subscribe make sure that you are following the platforms make sure that you are subscribed so that when we release an episode you will be notified and you can also subscribe to our newsletter just visit www.voiceofalignment.com forward slash newsletter or just visit the website www.voiceofalignment.com you go to the section for newsletter click on it fill it with your name and your email and when we release an episode we will send you an email notification so that you don't miss the episodes that we are releasing on this platform these are episodes that are loaded with knowledge in order to build you up as a christian i look forward to sharing the word of god again with you in the next episode until then keep living in the victory that christ has secured for you on the cross. God bless you.